All right, everybody, welcome back. This is part two of our podcast on Dumb and Dumber versus There's Something About Mary. D, how you doing? I notice we don't have any intro music right here. Do we need to turn on the radio or something? Radio? <laughs> I don't think so. You ready? Mock. Yeah. Ing. Yeah. Bird. Yeah. 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 Mockingbird. Don't So I want to talk just briefly at a personal level about the locations of this movie. For me, this movie holds such a special place in my heart. Like I have been to some of the locations where this was shot. This movie was not shot in Aspen. People think it was in Aspen. It wasn't shot in Aspen. Aspen wanted too much money. This movie was shot in Breckenridge. Yeah. I've been to Breckenridge. Me too. There was a, uh, there was a bank that had this very large blow up duck in front of it the first day that we were there. And then the second day we we were there, I'm driving in a car with all of my children in it and and my wife goes, hey, where'd that giant balloon go? And I go, yeah, what the duck? <laughs> <laughs> I got in a, lot of, got a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so this was shot in, in Breckenridge. And so I've been to some of those spots, and that's pretty cool. The skiing was uh, shot at Copper Mountain Resort, which I've skied there. It's really cool. But the hotel where they pull up in the Lamborghini and they get out and, and the we landed on the moon scene in the in the bar. Yep. That was shot at the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. Okay? The Overlook. It is the Overlook. Yes. Yeah. It's it's called the Danbury in Dumb and Dumber. It's called the Overlook in the movie The Shining. Right. And it's actually called it's called the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. Right. But if you are familiar with Stephen King's movie The Shining, that is the hotel that this is based on. So while they were filming there, I'll get to my story here in just a second. While they're shooting scenes at the Stanley Hotel. Yep. Jim Carrey requests room 237, which is the haunted room from Stephen King's The Shining. Yes. Or is it the lady in the bathtub? It's the naked lady in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> He checked in. He was in the room for three hours. Uh-huh. And when he came out, he's like, I am not going back in there. <laughs> and he immediately checked out and said he would not go back in the room and would not tell anybody why. Still don't know. Still don't know. Now, it, you know, Jim Carrey, I mean, who knows? It could be just yeah. for a laugh. The other story I was going to tell about Stanley, Jeff Daniels had no idea there was this uh, undercurrent romance going on with Lauren Holly and Jim Carrey. Who was, who was married. Still married at the time. Still yes. married at the time. And his wife was very bitter about that yeah. incident. Jeff Daniels said he knew that Lauren Holly's suite was across from his. Mm-hmm. And when he got up one morning to get the newspaper or whatever, get some breakfast, he saw the door open across from his and Jim came out of it. <laughs> like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. <laughs> well, what? see you later. <laughs> 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 Ooh. But anyway, I went to the Stanley this summer. They open it up and you can kind of go in there and take tours or whatever. Everybody else was interested in the shining. And I was like, I like the shining. I want to talk dumb and dumber. So I went to the bartender and I said, Hey man, can you kind of walk me around and tell me everybody else is interested in the shining. I want to know about dumb and dumber. Yeah. And he's like, well, this is different and this has changed a little bit, but this is where they sat and this is what it, where it happened. Uh-huh. And he showed me and they, of course, they have the poster on the wall that said, you know, we landed on the moon poster. Right. And so it's all there. You can go visit it. The part where the Lamborghini pulls up, yeah. that's not a drive. It's like a small area. It's very small. So like the Lamborghini pulled up like 15 feet. It's not very big. Yeah. The, the scene with the man on the moon. Yes. That line was completely improvised <laughs> by Jim Carrey. Like, no way. 
We landed on the moon. Okay, so where they shot in Colorado, they didn't know exactly how they were going to do all the ski scenes. And then they got like a foot and a half of snow the day before they started shooting. Uh Now, this was their first day of shooting. And so the person who was in charge of scheduling was kind to them and didn't didn't set very much up for that first day of shooting. But they got it all done. They still had daylight left. And so they said, let's just do some improv scenes and see what happens. scene between Jeff Daniels and Mary with the snowball fight was a complete let's just let's give it a try and they went to Jeff Daniels and they're like okay what we want you to do she's going to playfully toss a snowball and you're going to hit her as hard as you can (laughs) in the face with this he's like why and they said because he goes but he would know that that's going to hurt her he's he's like but he's in love with her why would he do that and they said well in Mice and Men Lenny is in love with the rabbits but he still right. strangles them right, as right. he's loving on them so hard. He just doesn't know how to play. It's like it's either we're doing normal things or we're on a full-on competition. And so that whole scene where he hits her in the face, where he shoves her face in the snow, and it ends up somehow being romantic at the end. I'm not even sure how. He's just laughing at himself, and she starts laughing. That was a complete let's just see what happens kind of scene. That scene is so funny when he, she hands him the carrot and the, the two pieces of coal for an eyes and a nose, presumably. <laughs> and he makes him a, not an eye and a nose, right? Or eyes and nose. My friend's dad, when we saw it, he I thought he was going to split his pants. He was laughing so hard at that scene. <laughs> Incidentally, the song playing during that montage yes. is a song called If You Don't Love Me, I'll Kill Myself. Yes. By a guy named Pete Druge. Yep. Okay. Pete Druge, if you'll remember, back to our Nirvana Pearl Jam episodes from yep. earlier, about a year ago. Yep. Pete Druge worked at a pizza place with Mike McCready, the lead guitarist for Pearl Jam. How about that? Before either one of them were in any way famous at all. <laughs> Let's talk about the intro scenes a little bit. Okay. okay, we've established that you've, you've got to fall in love with these characters. Let's just talk about a few interesting bits. Okay. So the very first time that you see Lloyd Christmas, he's awkwardly sticking his head out of a limo, talking, <laughs> talking to an, a lady with an Austrian accent. So funny. He comes up and the, there's a beautiful woman. He rolls yep. down his window yeah. and says, excuse me, can you tell me how to get to the medical school? My driver's a bit lost and I'm about to give a presentation in 20 minutes and she speaks in an austrian accent and he says that's a beautiful accent new jersey she goes austria well good day mate let's throw another shrimp on the bobby so at the time that the Fairley brothers were in california being writers what they did for money was bobby waited tables and drove a limo all right so he's got the inside scoop on that now then you have later on when he's driving mary to the airport yes He turns around and is talking to her and goes through the light and there's a sound of a car wreck and you see an explosion. I have no, I mean, on their budget, I don't know how they managed to make that explosion happen, but solid hysterical scene. But one of their big influences who they said they wanted to be like when they arrived in Hollywood were the Zucker brothers. 
Oh, yeah. From our airplane episode, in case you've, you don't know that one. When they arrive at the airport, you hear the guy saying the white zone is yes! for loading and unloading only. And oh. I was like, I'm writing this down because there's got to, and sure enough, I found out they're big fans of the suckers. That is awesome. Yeah. How about a hug? <laughs> It's okay. I'm a limo driver. <laughs> and he falls. Uh, as the guy's walking over to the window to watch him fall out, Caleb's like, he's laughing. I can see him laughing. I'm like, how could you not? If you know what's about to happen, how could you not be laughing at that There's part? a couple of scenes where you can see the actors about to lose it. Yeah. When they're at the bar at the Stanley... Mm-hmm. And Jim Carrey's sitting there and the, the other girl, her name is Beth Jordan. Yes. And she's driving him crazy. I said to myself, run, Beth. Run for your life before this man kills you both. Then do you know what the klutz did? No, and I don't care. I'm going to tell you, he came home one night dead drunk and decided he wanted to fix the sink. Couldn't believe him. Anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about you. How come you're here? Bartender. 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 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I have a friend. I have a friend from high school, Sarah Bannister. She commented on one of our Dumb and Dumber posts that when she starts talking too much, her husband will just yell "bartender" <laughs> wherever they might be. <laughs> That's awesome. So you got a great setup. And there's something about Mary and so much of it depends upon the actor they have playing the dad. Right. So the Farrelly brothers were like, okay, they got this guy, Keith David, to play the stepdad. That's right. Mr. Stepdad. Yes. Right. And he immediately opens the door and starts busting his balls. <laughs> like, so what's the problem 20 minutes ago with her boyfriend, Woogie? <laughs> And they said that this is exactly what their dad would do to their sister's dates whenever those dates would show up. He would find any way he could to bust their balls. And he does a fantastic... And he he improvises throughout that introductory scene, and he is hilarious. He's hilarious. When he brings the baseball in and and touches Warren's ear, and Warren goes crazy and starts punching him and then throws him to the ground, his dad's like... What's wrong with you? And then they started getting into this. Yeah. Like, Are you yelling at me in my own house? Yes. That's all they dropped. Open up a can of whoop ass. <laughs> open up a can of whoop ass. <laughs> Gosh, that, that is so funny. And so that scene, you know, they said, do you want to have a stuntman come in? Because it was it's a pretty like he full on. He throws him. He chunks him hard. And Ben Stiller's like, nope, I'll do it. Let's just, <laughs> let's just go. Let's just, let me do it. Oh, okay. And so then after the infamous zipper scene by the way that zipper that when you see that shot you know the shot the shot the money shot the money shot when you see that shot that actually was like three feet tall yes it's a much bigger prosthetic (laughs) and zipper than you would expect and the zipper actually broke in the midst of shooting and they had to take it to a tailor (laughs) and say can you fix this (laughs) he fixed it so i guess you know I just can't imagine driving up to a tailor and dropping that off. <laughs> Can you fix my, what do you need a zipper? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, Keith David does a great job. When he's in the bathroom with Ted and he says, well, let's see what we got here. And he takes out his glasses to <laughs> look at his crotch. Oh my gosh, so funny. And then 
we got a bleeder and they're taking him they're taking him in the gurney yes and they get him to the ambulance and they drop him that was not scripted <laughs> that just happened like you if you watch the movie there's this little cut whenever after they drop him and then they're talking to him again cuts to mary for a second they stopped filming after they dropped him they're like are you okay and he's like yeah just go with it and so they started filming right back again hysterical yeah accidental drip love it love it i want to talk about one of the funniest scenes from there's something about mary okay he picks up a hitchhiker uh-huh. okay yeah ted picks up a hitchhiker ted's a good guy we've already established ted is a nice guy yep and he just needed a little companionship, a little company as he's traveling across the country. Picks up a hitchhiker, unbeknownst to Ted. The hitchhiker has a dead body in a bag and is a serial killer and he's on this killing spree. So they pull over this rest stop, which I've already established that rest stop is a place where homosexuals hang out. Mm-hmm. And as he's going to go pee in the woods, he stumbles over somebody. Yes. And then the police turn on the lights and then there's people everywhere, right? right? There's guys doing who knows what, who knows what in the woods. Right. And Ted's like, I was just going to pee. And they're all like, yeah, me too. It's just pee. <laughs> yeah. But all those guys are members of the crew from something about Mary. So that suggestion that rest stops are a place for homosexuals. Yes. That is made by the psychiatrist after he tells the story. Right. Yeah. And then time's up. Oh, well, you know, he's, 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 right. like, he's like salivating. We'll talk about that one next time. Right. Right. So th- that actor's name is Richard Jenkins and he's been in a great many hilarious movies since then. Step brothers. Fantastic. And step brothers. One of my favorite movies. Brilliant part that he plays <laughs> he actually they started filming this movie they start talking to him and they find out that he lives in rhode island and then they find out he lives on the street that they grew up on like he moved on to their street just a little while after their family moved away from the wow. street. just a weird coincidence but that guy uh, that plays the psychiatrist actor's name is richard jenkins and he is funny that part where he, he's sneaking in he's supposed to be sitting there listening to his problems <laughs> he's clearly eating so- he sneaks in at the last second oh yeah funny the really funny part is when they they go back to the police headquarters and the police are interrogating him mm-hmm. and ted thinks that he's in trouble for picking up a hitchhiker right and they think that he's in there because he's a murderer right and they're quizzing him about you know how many ted i mean let's talk numbers how it many? is it is the classic confessing to a crime that you didn't know you were confessing <laughs> to seen but they did they took it up a level and it made it awesome oh. So what I told you before, Detective Stabler is the bartender from Dumb and Dumber. Yes. The other detective is the guy from Three O'Clock High, the bully from Three O'Clock High. Three O'Clock High and Kindergarten Cop. Yep. But as the interrogation is going, he slams Ben Stiller's head down on the table like three times. Yeah. And it's it was a pure accidental thing that the hood came over his eyes. Yeah. And when he threw him back in the chair and he fell, I mean, that part, I died laughing. Right. Okay. There's one other scene I want to talk about from There's Something About Me. Okay. The scene that I want to talk about is the cleaning the pipes scene. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be tricky. This is where we get into that really 13 side of PG-13, okay? Uh, okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ted's friend, Dom Wiganowski, uh-huh. who we find out later is actually Woogie. Right. Mary's former boyfriend. Tells him... Ted's getting ready to go on a date with Mary, and Woogie says, have you cleaned the pipes? And he's like, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know. Spank the monkey, choke the chicken. Flog the dolphin. Flog the dolphin. You don't, you are not telling me that you don't flog the dolphin <laughs> for a big date. And his his premise is that how do you feel right afterwards? Uh-huh. He's like, 
oh, I feel great. I feel fine. He's like, right, exactly. Right. You're thinking like a girl. You're thinking like a girl. Which girls love. <laughs> so basically, if you don't clean the pipes before you go on a date, you're going with a loaded gun. Right. And he's like, my God, I've been going out with a loaded gun. <laughs> So you have this hilarious scene where he's choking the chicken and can't find the results. He's lost the results. Yes. So the the way they came up with this, they they talk about how they just come up with, I mean, they write scripts together, right? Yes. And so they don't really know where the jokes come from, but this one they remembered in particular. They're driving along in a car and it wasn't, they weren't talking about this movie. They were just, Peter says, what if you were flogging the dolphin? And then you couldn't find the product. And then Bobby's like, okay, but where would it be? And then that leads into, well, you know, what if it, you know, what if it ends up on your shoe or in your hair or on your ear? And they're like, oh yeah. And then it kind of goes back and forth. They drive a few more minutes and they're like, but what if somebody else is the one that finds it? And like, oh, right. But what would you do? What would you say that it was, you know? And they're like, oh, what what else is it going to look like? And he goes, hair gel. And so at that point, they're like, oh, we can put this in there, something about Mary. And it's Mary is the one that suggests (laughs) that it's hair gel. Okay. So they had to twist Cameron Diaz's arm to film this scene. Okay. Right. She's like, I don't, guys, I just don't want to be called hair for the rest (laughs) of my career. Right. And so they said, well, look, we got to at least film it. Right. Let's at least film it. Uh-huh. And if we show it to the test audiences yeah. and people laugh, we got to leave it in. And so she agreed that it would kind of be a test thing. Yeah. And when they tested it, people died. Yeah. And the way her hair. The spiked hair. And she is deadpan talking to him. Oh, yeah. And like, he, nothing's wrong. And he can't help but just keep staring at her, her bangs. <laughs> it is hilarious. Yeah. Comedy gold. So. Speaking of comedy, another actor, and there's something about Mary that we haven't talked about, is Norm, yes. a.k.a. Tucker. Tucker, right. So this guy is a brilliant actor. He's done like a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour-long one-man show on Broadway and has like 20 jokes per minute. I mean, it's, it is hysterical. Really? Yeah. He was in Mouse Hunt. He's really, really funny. Okay. His British accent is terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Okay. The reason that this is funny is because he's actually British, (laughs) which means he's brilliant because he's actually British, but he's playing an American who is faking a British accent. And so his accent would be terrible. When they showed this to the test audiences at the end, the audiences were like, I really, I thought his accent, his British accent was terrible. That was ridiculous. Nobody's going to buy that. And they're like, he's British. British." (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Brilliant. Love it. (laughs) The exchange between Mary and Ted about how there aren't enough meats on sticks is very Seinfeld-esque. Yes. It actually was supposed to be in Seinfeld. Oh, they stole it. Yeah. So they they didn't steal it. They had, it was just one that Seinfeld never used. And with all of their scripts, the Farrelly brothers will get, you know, five, six, seven writing friends together to try to punch the lines up. And this was a product of that that round table session. Not enough meat on sticks. Yeah. We need more meat in a cone. (laughs) So there's a few scenes I want to talk about flipping back to Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. So when they go to the truck stop and Harry spills the salt 
Yes. And Lloyd says, quick, throw some salt over your right shoulder. And he takes the salt container and throws it and it hits sea bass. bass. Yeah. All right, who's a dead man and hit me with the salt shaker? Who's this big, burly, mean guy who's got a hat that says, wine him, dine him, 69 him. And he's mean and he comes back and he's very upset and he hawks in their burger. Right. To get him back. (laughs) (laughs) Lloyd is pointing. Who hit me with the salt shaker? (laughs) To get him back, Lloyd says, I've got a, yeah, I've got an idea. So they walk back to the sea bass. He says, I'd like to buy you guys a round of beers just to bury the hatchet. Yep. And he's like, yeah, okay, four boilermakers. They go back to the waitress and they say, sea bass said they were going to pick up our tab. (laughs) And she's like, what? And he looks and he's pointing like, bring me the beers. Uh And so they blaze out of there and it's really a funny scene, right? And he sticks sea bass with the the tab yeah that was stolen from a movie called something wild which starred melanie griffith and jeff daniels yes and jeff daniels was the guy they talk about it like i saw that scene in a movie oh did he get away no they no they cut it within a half a mile down the road slit his throat right so have you seen something yeah i have do you remember that scene yes Okay. It's more tense because the guy that they're with, Ray Liotta, is a bad guy, yeah. and there's cops right next to him. Uh huh. And it said, you know, come after me if you dare, but there's cops right there. Okay. So it's tense. <laughs> so I call, Ar- like I said before I came, Arlen and I were talking on the phone. I asked him if he had seen it. He said, yes. I said, do you remember that scene? And he was like, uh, not really. It was a long time ago, and uh, I was trying to make out with a girl. <laughs> 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 and I said, I'm going to steal that line. And then I was like, wait a minute. Nobody's going to believe that when I was like 11 years old that I was trying to make out with a girl. <laughs> okay. The other scene I've got to talk about yeah. is the toilet scene. Oh. <laughs> this is the signature, just like the the Zippers, hair. The zipper scene? Well, yeah, yeah. The zipper scene from something about Mary. Yeah. This is the or signature the, scene. The scene. I mean the, uh, the hair gel scene. The hair gel scene. <laughs> right. The toilet scene is the signature scene from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Lloyd is mad at Harry for going around with Mary and, you know, he's supposed to be setting him up and instead he's skiing with her and she touched his leg and all this stuff. So he pours a whole bunch of laxative into his cocoa or whatever, tea. His tea, yeah. His hot tea. You know why I like you, Harry? Because you're a regular guy. And so Harry goes to pick up Mary and all of a sudden he has got to go to the bathroom like now and it's like explosive. Dire. Explosive. Explosive. So he finds the toilet and they kept shooting it saying, no, more Jeff, louder Jeff, like, like you're a hurricane Jeff, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So so he kept going more and more and more. And Jeff Daniels says, that's my Oscar scene. That's the best he could do. Here's the funny story about that. Jeff Daniels was at a golf tournament and Clint Eastwood came up to him Uh and said that exact thing happened to him. While he was on a date, Uh he had to go and he was at her house. Clint Eastwood, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I I had that happen to me. Oh, yeah? On, I believe it was a second date. (laughs) That girl's last name is now Graves. (laughs) Yes, indeed. I married that girl. Congratulations. (laughs) Give it up. Casey. So that scene is hilarious. The last scene I really want to talk about from Dumb and Dumber. Okay. Is the very end. Okay. Lloyd and Harry have escaped. They've, you know, the bad guys are caught and they're leaving town and they've, they lost their hog broke down and they lost all the money and they take the Diablo and now they're just walking on the highway. Wasn't supposed to be in the movie. Okay. It wasn't in the original cut of the movie. You ended on the scene where they're, where they meet the husband and he has that, you know, weird dream sequence where he's murdering the husband. Right. 
that was the end. And it was actually the studio that said, you can't end here. You uh-huh. have to have something else where like they went. Okay. So I heard that they were going to do a couple different endings. One mm-hmm. of them was they were going to go back to the Stanley Hotel, the Danbury in the movie, and they were going to work for Barney babysitting his grandson, who turns out to be Billy the blind kid from 4C with the, uh, oh, the dead wow. parakeet. Nice. Okay. So they didn't shoot that. Right. But they did shoot the Hawaiian Tropic bikini bus yes. pulled up. Yep. And it's, you have the hallelujah. Uh-huh. And you think Lloyd and Harry finally get their big break because they need two oil boys to grease them up before every competition. And you have these beautiful girls and, and they're like, you are in luck. There's a town about three miles that way. Yeah. And the studio wanted Harry and Lloyd to win and they wanted them to get on the bus and become the oil boys. Yeah. And Jim Carrey refused to shoot that scene. Right. They, the Farrelly brothers didn't want them to get on the bus either. And Jim Carrey said, no way I'm getting on that bus. And so they were able to bank on him. Sorry. Jim said no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So final scene of there's something about Mary. Okay. Not quite final scene. Okay. Let's talk about one other scene first. Okay. The serious scene, the scene where she gets the letter informing her that he had hired Pat Healy to come down and spy on her, right? Yep. So sad. It makes me sad. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Yes. It's heartbreaking. Again, at the beginning of that scene, he comes in and he has a ball that's signed. Did you catch this? Yes. Did you catch who it was signed by? No. It's signed by Tony Canigliero. Yes. Do you know who that is? No. Okay, so just a bit before that, you've got this wonderful romantic montage where they're at the batting cages yeah. and they're about to kiss and he gets the hook in his mouth. <laughs> that was funny. Yes. And my gosh, can I just say Cameron Diaz is amazingly beautiful. Everything is wonderful. Being here is heavenly. Every single day she says. It's beautiful. It is. It, it's it's mind blowing how they created. I told you at the beginning the studio messed it up. You didn't like Mary at the end of the version that the studio came up with when they were working on Ed Decker and John Strauss's script. Okay. When the Fairley brothers took this, one of the things that they said is, "You have to think that this is the perfect woman," and they knocked it out of the park. She's so real. She's willing to speak her mind. She's confident, but not snobby. I mean. And she talks sports. She's a surgeon. She loves golf. And she is incredibly good looking. Yes. Incredibly good looking. Yep. Tight little package. Uh, Affirmative. And the way you fall in love with Ben, who is this, you know, obviously goofball. An underdog for sure. Is that even when he thinks she's gotten fat and in a wheelchair and has a bunch of illegitimate kids, he says, I guess I still have feelings for her. Yeah. You, you, you buy in at that point. And so you see this wonderful montage. You've got them. They're about to be together. I, I'm going to stop you right there okay, for yeah. just a second. Yeah. When Matt Dillon is describing her, he's trying to throw Ted off the scent, right? Right. And he, he says, yeah, deuce, deuce, deuce and a half. half. Yeah. <laughs> Ted's like, deuce and a half? He's <laughs> got four kids with three different guys. Oh, she's in a wheelchair. Right. Wheelchair, you know? Yeah. And so Ted comes back and he's like, no, I, I really do want to see her. And he says, roller pig? that line just cracked me up roller pig keep going so in the montage scene before that heartbreak (laughs) scene he convinces warren to get in the bat cages and he keeps like no get in get in closer and then bam he gets hit by the pitch right yes and the next scene you see warren he's fishing and he's got a black eye yes 
because he got hit in the face with the ball. Yes. When he comes in at the beginning of the heartbreak scene, he's got a ball that's signed by Tony Canigliaro. Okay. Who was a major league baseball outfielder for the Boston Red Sox. Okay. Fever Pitch is another movie by the Farrelly Brothers, yep. by the way. Yep. Based based on the Boston Red Sox, which had a fantastic coincidence of them winning the pennant. I that's, mean that's a story for another day, but yes. Oh my gosh. Amazing how that lined up. Brilliant. Anyway, he was a fantastic player for them, played during the Impossible Dream season in 1967. But that year, he got hit in the face by a pitch that caused a severe eye injury and derailed his career. He made a comeback from the injury, but he was never the same after that. So that is an amazing, like, unless you really know Red Sox history, you're not going to know that he got a ball signed by a guy who got hit in the face with a ball for his friend who got hit in the face with a ball. <laughs> that, that's some deep stuff. That's right awesome, man. That's awesome. Okay, so in this movie, another actor that we haven't mentioned yet who has a very small part in the movie is Jeffrey Tambor. Now, I'm, yeah. you, you know Jeffrey Tambor. I mean, he's everywhere. But he plays the part of Sully. Yes. There's a whole storyline that didn't get developed with him, which could have been fantastic. He is a cop who used to know Pat before, had gotten addicted to drugs, went down to Florida, cleaned his life back up and was doing well again. But when Pat comes down to see him, he completely falls off the wagon, starts doing cocaine again, which is why, even though they've cut most of his scenes out, that one scene where he's laying on his couch and he's reading from the script about him working yeah. for the Peace Corps, his apartment is a, tie, is a total wreck, yes, right? Yes, yes. So then the scene, there's a scene where Ted goes to find Pat after the heartbreak scene, right? <laughs> yes. And they walk into an apartment. That's Sully's apartment. It's the one with the pile of dog crap on the floor. Remember, they had the giant dog, right? Right. They don't really explain it because they had to cut all of these this storyline. Right. As it turns out, another thing that was on the table was a giant boa constrictor pet in the original script. It's not, it's a, like a, it's like a Burmese python. It's the, huge. it's like an anaconda. It's huge. Yeah. And so they, in the original script, they walk in, they see the snake with this huge bulge in it. And they think that the dog has been eaten by the snake. And then the dog comes out the door and they realize it's Sully yeah. has been eaten by the snake. <laughs> That's, that would have been a brilliant, brilliant scene. There's actually a, a deleted scene from Dumb and Dumber now that you mention it. J.P. Shea, who is Karen Duffy, she's trying to shoot Harry with a rifle. Okay. Uh-huh. And the scene where Harry gets his tongue stuck to the pole. Yes. And Mary is... Pulling on his head. This is, come off quick like a band-aid, right? <laughs> She's yanking on his head, which that seems hilarious. There is a mime performing at the ski resort. Okay. which This was all cut. Okay. So this is mime, and he's doing all these robotic moves or whatever. Uh-huh. And as Mary pulls and, like, extracts his tongue from the pole, mm-hmm. Shay fires. Of course, she misses his head because... It's pulled, yeah, and it goes right through the hand of the mime, who's like, <laughs> ah! which that I laughed out loud is so funny. But they cut all that from from Dumb and Dumber, which uh, is tragic, hilarious. So apparently, when they first made Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> they had three hours of footage after 
doing all the editing. They had three hours of footage yes. and they said, I don't know how we can cut one minute more. <laughs> this is so funny. I don't know how we cut. And so they brought in a test audience of like 40 friends and 40 people they didn't know. Yes. And they show them the entire three and a half hours of footage. And it, when people are walking out, you know, they go to a friend and they're like, so what'd you think? And he says, honestly, the worst. Oh no. And so within two days, they had cut another 120 minutes off of the film. The editing of Dumb and Dumber was great. Okay, so I have just a couple of tidbits from There's Something About Mary I want to throw out here real quick, okay? Okay. In one of the scenes, Cameron Diaz is actually playing golf. There's a whole scene at a driving range. Mm -hmm. She didn't play golf, Mm -mm. but they brought in somebody to stand in for her. Mm-hmm. whose swing was worse than Cameron Diaz, so they left Cameron Diaz in. <laughs> yeah. Matt Dillon's dad is a golf coach. He was terrible. He's horrible. They had somebody work with Cameron Diaz, and she had a great-looking swing. Yes. I mean, she hadn't swung a golf club before, but, I mean, she's just a natural athlete, and the fact that she's built like she's built makes it very enjoyable to watch her swing. Now, her shot was not so good, so what they did was they would have her swing and they had a little cannon where they would shoot the golf ball out into the water to make it look like an awesome shot. When Cameron Diaz takes Pat Healy to that architecture exhibit, yeah, she says, what do you think? Is this Art Deco or is it... Art Nouveau. Art Nouveau. And he's like, Art Deco. <laughs> he's actually correct. Oh, that was yeah. Art Deco. Nice. <laughs> One other thing. During the course of the movie, Pat Healy says to Mary, I just wish they would make movies the way they used to make. You know, classics like The Karate Kid. Yes. Matt Dillon and Ralph Macchio starred together in the movie The Outsiders. Filmed in Tulsa, Oklahoma, home of our friend and host of the show, Mr. Jason. Yes. We've got to cover that at some point. Yeah, we will. Okay, so just a couple of tidbits from Dumb and Dumber. Okay. The rat poison pills that they actually use, those are Smarties, those candy Smarties. Uh-huh. Out with the batter, in with the good air. Gas, man. <laughs> How do they know I have gas? <laughs> and they just told Jim Carrey to go crazy, and that's why he squirted ketchup and mustard all over the place. And Jeff Daniels went with it. Oh, I just died. Wait a minute. No, that's wrong. Jeff Daniels Jeff did Daniels it. did it first, and then Jim Carrey. Oh, he just squirts squirt it straight it. up in yeah. the air in his nose. That's right. If you would like to buy the mini bike that Lloyd and Harry ride all the way to Aspen, uh-huh. that is called a Taco 22. Okay. And it, it's something you can actually purchase. I've got a dog mobile that I can trade you for straight up. <laughs> <laughs> They're driving an 84 sheepdog. And then finally, I can't really recommend the sequel to Dumb and Dumber, but the sequel starts in a mental institution where Lloyd has been catatonic for 20 years uh-huh. because of his loss of Mary. Right. And Harry visits him regularly and is finally like, come on, dude, you got to pull yourself out of this. And Lloyd's like, gotcha. And it's a big joke that he was catatonic for 20 years as a result of Mary dumping him. I'm impressed that you watched that. I'm impressed that you watched Dumb and Dumber or even more. Do you happen to catch the cartoon? I've never seen the cartoon. The cartoon is interesting because, not because I've seen it or anything like that, but because you've got the guy who played Dauber from Coach voicing Harry, and the guy who voiced Lloyd is Matt Frewer, a.k.a. Max Hedrum. Oh, yeah, that's right, Max Hedrum. Okay, we've been going a long time. Before we get to Final Judgment, I want to talk just, just for a second about the soundtracks. Okay. Okay. Dumb and Dumber, for me, has one of my favorite soundtracks of the 90s. Yep. You've got some great songs on there. We talked about Pete Druge. Just a whole lot of great songs. Crash Test Dummies have a couple of songs in the movie. 
That is the greatest charades song to ever play. If you're ever playing charades, <laughs> need a song, that's the best one. But I love that soundtrack. For There's Something About Mary, Yeah. at the end, in the, in the closing credits, they sing Build Me Up Buttercup. Yes. By the foundations. Yeah. And they had clearly, as they worked their way through the scenes in the movie, they had collected people lip singing them. Yeah. And the closing credits are awesome. Classic. They're all singing Build Me Up Buttercup. Two wonderful soundtracks from the 90s. Yep. Let's talk Final Judgment. Okay. You go first. All right. These movies are both freaking hysterical. There are parts of both movies that I just die laughing the first time I saw them. And today, I still die laughing. They're so funny. I know people that are, this is not their type of humor. And I'm sorry for you. (laughs) Right? I feel bad for you because these movies, these movies bring joy to my soul. But for me, the better of the two, it has more heart, has more laughs, has a more compelling plot. It's Dumb and Dumber. All the way, 100% by a landslide. That's your opinion, but your opinion is wrong. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Agreed that Dumb and Dumber is a hilarious movie. I gotta say, first time I saw it, I didn't really care for it. It had to grow on me. What? Yeah, it had to grow on me. I was not, and same thing's true for Ace Ventura. It took me a while to enjoy Jim Carrey movies. Loved them in, in Living Color, but it took me a while to warm up to them. Now I think they're great. I'm, I've, I've gotten on board with them. Okay. But there's something about Mary I immediately went out and rewatched again because it was so good. Because you have all of the humor that you have from Dumb and Dumber, and I would argue more. I mean, Dumb and Dumber's got a lot of funny stuff. I, I on rewatching There's Something About Mary, was laughing. I was having to put my hands over my face to contain my laughter. I was laughing so hard at the zipper scene, at the scene with the dog with Matt Dillon, at the scene with the dog with Ben Stiller where he's wrestling. I mean, there were pains in my side. I was laughing so hard. It was funny. And as far as a plot goes, it is far and away a better plot line than Dumb and Dumber. In Dumb and Dumber, you have no mystery. Everything's given away. We know who the bad guy is at the beginning. There are no surprises. With There's Something About Mary, there are these little hints that they drop throughout the movie that you have no idea about until you get to the end and you're like, whoa, Dom is Woogie? Whoa, Brett is Brett Favre? (laughs) What? Okay, so they call him Pac-Man. I didn't catch it. They, they talk about him being a corn. I, I didn't catch any of that stuff. No, sir. And this one, I, I this line escaped me every time. It wasn't until the commentary that I was like, oh, when Dom is there and they're in the yard talking about Mary and he's got the kids who, by the way, are like Bobby's kids right. and the dog who's like Peter's dog and the wife who's like the producer's wife, when he's got that. And it's obviously a fantastic life that he has and Ben Stiller points out that it's a fantastic life and he says yep 
each day is better than the next. And his expression, I was just like, he doesn't really mean it. But then I thought about the line. I didn't think about the line, but he doesn't say each day is better than the last. Right. He says each day is better than the next, which means it's it's getting worse and worse. (laughs) I was shocked at the end on several levels. He walks out crying. I, I, I believed it. I was like, holy crap. She's going to end up with Brett. Right. He loses. Right. And then they pay it off. And she comes out and she has a little messing with him bit. And then he says, you're effing with me, right? And she's like, no, I think I'd be happiest with you. That moment sold. It sold so hard. There's no question for me. There's something about Mary has got to be the better of these two movies. Wow. That's unbelievable. I can't believe you said that. Yep. All right, well, we want to hear from you. Where are you on this argument? Do you guys love Dumb and Dumber? Do you love something about Mary? The the town is back that way. (laughs) (laughs) 